0: Empire State Manufacturing with a huge uh, bad print this morning. Futures down a tad. Let's talk to Michael Shaw about what comes next as stocks have been rallying trying to break out of the bear market downtrend. He's the chairman and CEO and portfolio manager at field Asset Management. Morning Michael. Thanks for being here as always. What's top your mind as the stock market tries to uh, make a move that it hasn't in a year, breaking out from a long-term downtrend?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's been an interesting start to the uh I mean, I think something has changed, um, namely the, the, the stance of the Chinese government and central bank. Um, this has been going on really for the last few weeks. So, you know, at least we now have a, a, a two-way monetary policy story. It's not just about the Fed tightening and Europe tightening. It's also simultaneously about the, the PBOC starting to loosen um, about COVID restrictions being removed in China. And, and so I think for a portion of global markets, um, you know, the, the, the situation has improved. Uh, it's not very helpful to the S&P because I don't think anything very positive is happening to U.S. interest rates or, or, or technology, but that sort of global facing part of the S&P looks okay. Um, global markets look okay, and uh, a lot of the industrial commodities, which you know gave up a lot of their gains in the second half of last year, look to be, I, I think, starting you know the next phase of their bull market.
0: Now, the um, first charts that uh, you have in, uh, in your note to clients right now is that China-focused inflation, where the U.S. inflation charts uh, are listed second. And uh, when uh, you uh, respond that way about the global picture, I think that's interesting to see China as kind of the priority here, the driving force for some of this. What did the inflation data tell us in China? Does it have potential to pick up? Does it have potential to stoke demand in a a way that could be negative for global inflation? Or is it right now uh, a good thing?
1: Well, I mean, it depends who you are. Uh, You know, I I think as far as the Chinese are concerned, they have actually been quietly going through a deflationary period. They've had negative negative PPI, very, very low inflation. Um, You know, it's really been, you know, just a very difficult time, you know, economically over there. And, you know, I I think that, that there are signs that their economy... You know, is bottoming or has bottomed, it's very difficult to understand the data because of all the short-term impacts of COVID shutdowns and infection waves and sort of voluntary staying at home. But I, I think the bottom line is it looks as if the China inflation cycle cycle has bottomed around about the same time as the U.S. inflation cycle has peaked. So in the U.S., what we see is the sort of removal of a lot of the sort of covid influence over inflation making like logistical costs much higher Um, in china we see deflation from a lot of industrial commodity prices including energy in the second half of the year bottoming i think as we look ahead um you know i think you're going to see what we call reflation in other words commodity driven cost rises coming out of china um intersecting with in the us with as i say some of the sort of deflationary post-covid prices coming down i think if you put all of that together um you know i think it's ppi that moves rather than rather than cpi um you know and as far as investors are concerned uh, you know you, you sort of want to go back to where you were almost a year ago um and betting that, that there's another leg here for commodities you know i think gold is signaling the beginning of that. it's always the first one to move i think copper you know has had a, a really big and really important move in the last four or five weeks um, and, and crude oil um, quietly is trying to poke its head above $80 again. So, um, as I say, I, I don't think anything's changed with interest rates and with the performance of technology, but, but there's other stuff out there, um, you know, which I think, you know, could have a decent 2023 now.
0: This is a very important point about commodities that you make that I think has gone underappreciated. The signal of gold that led copper that now seems to be trying to form a bottom in crude oil. You mentioned that you'll see PPI move in China first. I like your chart of the China PPI because it looks very unique right now and very uh, specific to China's problems that they've had where PPI has been in negative territory, now kind of looking like it has that potential to spring back. Where are the limits for some of these commodity prices, Michael, that um, we can tolerate Uh, before it causes some tightening language from the Fed or uh, negative disruptions in our peak inflation story? Like when we talk about crude oil at 80 bucks, that's a lot more favorable than 120, but where does our threshold uh, lie right now?
1: You know, I, I think the Fed isn't going to like it, but the Fed has sort of guided us to look at, you know, service CPI as what really matters. And, and certainly core CPI and core PCE matters more than headline. You know, I, I think they tolerate crude oil getting back to, you know, $100 a barrel without it really affecting what they're doing. And you have to remember, the Fed has already moved. The Fed is already, you know, going to be at at least 4, 4.75% and quite possibly 5% by the beginning of February. You know, we're not talking about the Fed looking at $100 oil with interest rates at zero, which is basically where they were a year ago. Um, you know, as far as something like gold is concerned, I, I, I just don't think they care. Um, they're not going to set monetary policy higher because gold is not going on, 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 on $2,000 an ounce. And then similarly with copper, it's not the price of copper that matters to them. It's the extent to which higher copper prices leads you know, all inflation higher. And, and I don't think it does in the short term. So as I say, I, I think that, that the Fed is, is, is going to not be that bothered about higher commodity prices if it continues to see progress on logistical costs and some of the distortions to U.S. service CPI, which I think has really, really worried them in the last few
0: months. Mm. Michael, that services CPI here uh, has been booming. We see that uh, seemingly justified by the employment data where the services side of the economy looks quite uh, strong. Uh, but then we did have a, a services ISM that was surprisingly yeah. contractionary. How do we weigh those together? We've got your chart of services CPI, which is just taken off right now.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing I say about services ISM is, you know, it's a weak data in terms of of, of demand and and, and production, but the price is paid, portion of it is still comfortably about 50, meaning that even with a weak headline print, there's still cost rises there. You know, I I think that, that, um, you know, until and unless the labor situation in the services sector really deteriorates you're still going to see, uh, I think you're still going to see cost pressures there. I think the one part of it, which probably will get better, is shelter-related inflation. You know, that does have a relationship with house prices. Um, it does tend to move six, nine, 12 months after house prices. So you know, given that house prices peaked two, three quarters ago, we should start to see a moderation of shelter CPI in the first half of 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 2023 so i'd say -hmm. there should be some good news there but i I, I think you know my belief about inflation data is it it has peaked it is going to come down um but it's not going to get back to the sorts of levels that really give people comfort got it and so the interest
0: rate story the tax story doesn't change so much yet but some of these other sectors potentially have some room here uh to keep falling. Uh, Some of this recovery driven by China, like the message. Michael, love the charts. Great start for us here. Thanks a lot. Thank
1: you.
0: Michael Schell, Chairman, CEO, and Portfolio Manager at Market Field Asset Management.